Draft House. I'm your host, Mark, joined by co-host Jeff. Hey, Mark. We're flipping through the multiverse. We're seeing our, our past and what could have been. Like, had I, you know, never started podcasting, would I really? live through my life happy to have known I've either seen or not seen Mr. Nobody? We're going to find that out today. <laughs> but before we uh, dive into what we watched this week... We got to plug some music, and music this month has been brought to you by the um, the alternative rocker Rustin Kelly with his song "Michael Keaton." You listened to the song yet? I did. Okay, good. It's about uh, Batman. No, it's about multiplicity. It's about well, it's not really about multiplicity. It's but about it, where it your mind question, goes when right. there's it's uh, it's a good song. I like it. Yeah. Uh, we want to thank Mr. Rustin Kelly for letting us use his music here on the podcast. Be sure you hit the uh, show notes where you can find all the links to his social uh, media accounts where you can throw him a like, a follow, or a subscribe. Jeff. My man. What did we watch this week? Well, you picked this crap. I haven't said that in a while. Um we watched Mr. Nobody from 2009. It's rated R, runs for two hours and 21 minutes. It's directed by Jaco Van Dormiel, possibly, starring your boy, Jared Leto, friend of the pod. Well, at least friend, friend of, of pod. your pod. I don't know. Sarah Pauly, Diane Kruger, and Reese Ifans. I believe that's all the... Uh, Reese Ifans is the only person I actually know in this movie outside Juno, of Leto. Juno Temple is in this. Uh, I don't know who that is. You uh you seen um what's the soccer show? Um Nope. I don't do soccer. Okay. <laughs> I do <Okay>. football. American <laughs> football. Good to know. Good to know. But uh Juno Temple's in this. Um so Yeah. Uh, Ted Lasso, that's the show. Yeah, she's in. I know. All right. Never um, watched it though. That's a good show. I like it's it. It's not gonna keep you from grilling me on it. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's a good show. It's All right, Mark. Had you seen Mister Nobody before this week? No. <laughs> so it's a it's no. a Leto film you had not seen. It is a Leto film I had not seen, and I had heard of it. I I I'm, I was aware that the film existed, and it. I saw the runtime and the kind of the premise, and I was like, mm, Yeah, that's probably. I don't the, know about that. The right thought, right? You know. The mm, this ain't for me. I better not watch it. He, so you know, like there are times when you pick movies like Spring Break. When Spring I'm like Mark, Break. that is not for me. That movie is not for me. And here you are, you know, 
looking through things as a as a Leto fan and yep. seeing the runtime and the plot and being yep. like, hmm, maybe not. And instead, you waited several years. I'm going to assume, <laughs> you know, 14 years to 24 years. Wait, how many years? 2009, 14, uh, yeah. whatever. 14 yeah, years to draft it on a podcast with me and make me watch it. it I mean, it's, it is a, so, all right, let's, I'm going I'm to establish this right off the get. This is not a bad movie. All right. Um, there's a lot of talk off pod about is this a terrible film? And it's not. Um, In your opinion. Not, it, correct. Because yes, um, I have a different opinion. <laughs> it's it's not it's not a terrible film. And and, you know, Jared Leto is the the main character uh, here. He is and Nemo. Nobody. Yeah, no. Nemo, nub, nobody. I, you but think, you can also play. Have you seen Donnie Darko? Yeah. Do you think this is his Donnie Darko? Like he saw. When year was Donnie Darko? That was like nineteen ninety nine or some shit. Oh uh, one. Two thousand maybe. Oh one. Oh one. So, do you think he saw Jake Gyllenhaal and Donnie Darko and said, "Oh, I need to do some confusing ass pretentious bullshit." No, because you don't think that happened. Okay, All right. no, I I don't think like Jared Leto was like, oh yeah, I need to rival Jake Gyllenhaal here and you know make this bullshit. Um, I think in this in this year of or era of his filmmaking, he's more established as. Uh, a front man for his band, Thirty Seconds to Mars, evident by his his hairstyle. His um, hair throughout is the movie bad in this movie. No, it's e- it's emo. It, yeah, it's, which equals it's emo. bad. I was gonna <laughs> um, say emo, and then I looked up in a thesaurus a synonym, <laughs> and bad was sitting there. <laughs> but um, back in the late 2000s 30 seconds to mars was becoming a uh, like a more popular alternative uh rock band and uh jared leto was very much the the emo uh front runner um for you know in this in this genre of music and so i his hair his hairstyle in this film you can say that, Mark. he's not going to hear it no, he is. Uh, okay, okay. Um, Maybe but, he is a huge fan. Hey, no, I, I've I've sent him the the link to the pod. Did you several several times? Did you say, "Hey, bitch, uh, <laughs> this motherfucker hates your guts"? Be like, I don't hate I, his guts. I, I, I sent I him, I sent him like the him. picture of me peeing in his bathroom. Oh, nice uh, dick pic always comes through. <laughs> so but, let's so let's <laughs> go. Anyways. Ahead. Um, no, I just I think this is a uh, it was a stylistic choice by Jared Leto to be in this film, and it's essentially. And I I read a review after I watched the film, and the review said this is a thinking man's Benjamin oh, eat Button. Eat my butthole! Eat my butthole! Any review that starts with a thinking man's is already up its own ass. So, like, okay. I have nothing against anyone who likes movies like Mr. Nobody or Donnie Darko or those ones that are just sort of 
esoteric in nature where you don't really know what's going on and you're not necessarily supposed to. If you like that sort of thing, that's cool, man. Like if you like puzzling together what's happening and coming up with theories, I can understand that. It's not for me. But what I don't like and the shit that pisses me off is when yeah. dipshits are like the thinking man's, the educated man's, whatever. <laughs> That's what pisses me off. That's what gets me to be like, fuck this shit. That's why I don't like Donnie Darko. I've watched it. I thought it sucked. And everyone who likes it goes, oh, you just didn't get it. No, it's shit. Okay. It doesn't make any sense. And this is kind of the same thing. They throw a bunch of crap in a bag. They film the shit and then they throw it out and then they wait for people on Reddit to come up with damn explanations for what's going on. I, I It's just one of those things that drives me nuts. And especially the thinking man, kiss my ass. <laughs> the, uh, it, I mean, it is a... I don't, I don't want to say it's a well-told story because it's not. It's not. It um, is not. Right. I but will say there are moments like this is not. And one of the arguments we had off pod was like, oh, it's not worse than Sills Marie. No, it's not. Not that there isn't anything worse that we've seen jointly <laughs> that we yet. agree. Sills Marie is the worst movie we've ever watched. And this does have redeeming value. One of the things you said before is this at least has something to say. And I, yeah. I agree. I don't know what it was saying, but it, it was trying to say it. No, it, it, the, the, I mean, the message behind the film, I think, is that, you know, every choice has a equally uh, shit and good component. Right. Yeah, correct. Right. Yeah. It, 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 you essentially create your own multiverse by every choice you make. Um, I, I think that's essentially what the film is, is, is saying. And, you know, that's evident by uh Jared Leto's character as a kid choosing between his mom and his dad on the train platform, um, which essentially. Oh, oh, get ready to watch that shit over and over. Like, (laughs) I get it. It's supposed to be the pinnacle splitting point in his life. Right. And there are two main branches that so you get to see all his choices in all these different worlds. Uh, We aren't even getting the worst of it yet. We'll get there. Um, But it's. Everything hinges on when his parents split up, if he goes with his dad or he goes with his mom and what kind of life he gets. And then within that main branch or that main fork in the road are other branches. Right. Um, One thing I did kind of like was trying to piece together initial. Okay, he's got the facial scars from this life. So that means this is where he went with his dad. And then on this side, he doesn't have them. So he went like. Kind of yeah. puzzling that out, I could see why that would be appealing. And it's in and that in and of itself is is rewarding to the viewer is because you're kind of following breadcrumbs. Um and and those type of things in films, like Christopher Nolan's very good at at that type of storytelling. Um, where the little details make a big impact in the film. And I thought for a minute we were going to get something sort of like that in this film and then it was just like hey these are just subtle details that don't really so, serve a purpose but I it's a callback to an earlier moment in the film say the movie that always comes to mind when I watch these sort of I'll use the term cerebral because I think that doesn't insult anyone 
these cerebral sort of films that kind of don't really follow a standard plot format. I always think of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which is an insanely pretentious title. That being said, it's an excellent film. And when you finished watching it, you go, oh, oh, I get it. I want to go back and watch it again. And and like there's none of that moment for me in this movie where at the end I'm like, oh, I get it. I get it now. And I want to watch it again to see all the things and put it all together. This just when it ended, I was like, thank Oh, man, I'm glad that's over because there were moments where I was kind of digging it a little, but. It would always lose me by jumping to some other bullshit. And the point that really takes me out of this movie, the thing that every time we went here, it took me out of the movie was when he's an old, old man. Yeah. It goes to this bizarre future. And it's like a hyper stylized, ridiculous future. It's like Demolition Man, but even stupid. Like, just more stupid <laughs> on top of that. Like, there's this TV announcer guy's like, the last mortal's about to die. Everyone vote if you should think he should die. And apparently that has some sort of actual say in the matter of whether he gets to live or die. It's weird. And then, that guy has this, like, spike in his cheek. That's there. I don't know why that's there. And it's just weird. I, and then yeah, when they... And that's- so that's he sits one the- across from this guy who's got these face tattoos. So this is where the movie opens, right? Old man. Like, there's a, you see a couple clips that you get more of them. But the, the big thing is you see Jared Leto in old man makeup. It's not very good. He looks like a beige turd. And he's sitting across a guy with face tattoos and not like, you know, Post Malone face tattoos, but like uh, this weirdly tribal thing, right? Yeah. And they just sit there being pretentious. And it reminds me of the scene in, in Matrix 2 with the old guy in the room with the TVs and Neo. And here we have Nemo with an old guy. And, and I just... I, I, I think the movie does do some weird jumping around and, like, where it, it doesn't establish... Like, I found myself getting lost in the the storytelling behind which universe we're in as far as and the in the movie I think wants that to happen. I don't know. But like it'll it'll splice in like one minute Nemo is with one love interest. And then in the, in the, His in the sister. House. Right. <laughs> All right. Now granted she's not his sister. Step-sister. But stepsister, so it's not genetically incest. Right, correct. But I think think the director, we can watch this movie and get an idea of his favorite search terms. Yeah, no. A1 stepsister porn. (laughs) I don't, it's his thing, and it kind of made me uncomfortable. Not because I don't want sex in the movie, but these two actors are playing underaged kids, and they're like hooking up. But they're not related. Legally, well, no. I mean, no, it's not. (laughs) It just was weird, and it I didn't like it. <laughs> it just felt... I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. And this is like the love interest of his that 
never well, gets it, fully realized in, in in all of his and that's, stories. Um, and that's kind of, but then uh, at the end, it kind of they face. get together, right? So it's that's Juno Temple at uh, playing Anna, age fifteen or whatever, um, and then Anna as an adult is played by Diane Kruger, who is very good. I Diane Kruger's a Awesome actress. Her name sounds really familiar, but she was in um, *Inglorious Bastards*. Didn't um, see it. She, oh, really? That is oh, actually it's a Tarantino film, but yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's it's on the list. I know it um, is. I've been waiting for it. <laughs> but um, you know, Diane Kruger is so so. Juno Temple and Diane Kruger play the same character, but you know, teenage and then uh, adult. But Anna is the person the love interest that uh nemo wants to be with set out set sets out to be with and is kind of the focal point of the all the relationships so Um, he's got three wives in this film right so and they each represent sort of a different so there's his wife uh even though does he ever actually marry Anna, I don't think he does. No, he doesn't mar- marry Anna, no. Yeah, he marries, uh, he marries Elise, Elise and Jean. Yep. Now, Jean is very much as the moment he's at a dinner, his table with his dad, I'm going to marry the first woman that dances with me. Right. And he dances with her, and, that's, and he just makes a decision, I'm going to be rich and wealthy and married. And in that line of his life, he's not very happy. No, he- <laughs> he's... Like he's, he's, he's never really his. happy in all of them. Some of them he's not. He's unhoused, and others he's uh, got a wife who is insanely depressed. Yeah, but just, like just, so that that relationship with um, what's her name, uh, Elise, and, and Sarah Pauly is very good. I think in the role. Yeah, is, I think the acting's pretty good across the board. Yeah, um, you know, it's just like uh in and, and he play in in Nemo in in his life with Elise. Nemo nobody. What a name. <laughs> plays plays a scientist. Donnie um, Darko, Nemo nobody. You're telling me that he's not just trying to make All right. I don't think he wrote this film. No, he um, didn't. It was the director. So <laughs> I I do think that the director was probably influenced by Donnie Darko. I, and that, you know, I don't have a problem with that. No. It's, it's just because not- because Donnie Darko was a very, uh, you know, cult-driven film. Um, pretentious, yes. Um, underground, yes. And, yeah. like, I, I can see where other filmmakers would be like, oh, I want to make something like that. Um, you know, I don't think this is quite that. Uh I don't. Th- I don't think Donnie Darko is a very good film either. But, um, but like you know, the the depiction between Nemo and his relationship with Elise is very, um, uh, just kind of I want to say real. Um, it's because I think most Americans, and I'm gonna, I'm going to speak for most Americans here. Uh, most Americans deal with a uh, you know a partner that becomes depressed yep. uh, after you know certain a certain point in well in, and hey, in the kids relationship in that marriage world, right. and postpartum depression is a real yeah. thing yeah and I so I thought that out of all of the relationships in this film uh, 
I thought that relationship was the most real. And I could relate with it. Right. And yeah. so like she was I th- much more extremely depressed than in my situation, but pretty bad. Right. But right. And so I, I think the, f- the film itself deals in very, very um, acute realism because it's, it's relatable. Um, and, and, and Nemo and Elisa's relationship is very relatable is because he's taking care of the kids while she's just kind of just, you know, in bed all day and, you know, she's crying and she's very obviously depressed and he's just, he's just kind of trying to do the best he can. And I thought that was a very, um, real depiction of a very real problem that most, uh, most married couples deal with at some point in, in their relationship. And so, um, I, 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 I didn't like enjoy it from the standpoint of, you know, Hey, this is a thing I like. It's, it's, I, I enjoyed it because it was well told. It was one of the only parts of this film that I, I really was like, Oh, okay. I got it. I, I got what's going on in this relationship. I understand the motivations in this relationship. Um, the other the other relationships with 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 Anna and and Jean, I was just like, eh. well, the one with Jean was the shallowest on right. on, on deliberately so. Right. He right, just right. was like, you're the first girl to dance with me. I'm going to marry you. Uh, that had to make her feel special. And she's still and it always seems like she's still very much into him, into the marriage. But he's just like doesn't care about much of anything, frankly. Um and in that same world, I think, is where his, like, investor friends come over or something. And he's yeah. just not, I don't know, stupid fucking movie. Um, so let's talk <laughs> about some shit that just didn't go anywhere. Like, you you mentioned there's, like, threads that just kind of go nowhere. They just, yeah, they just fizzle. The main one to me is that in certain timelines, or maybe all of them, he has the ability to predict the future. And I thought, man, that would have been a good movie. There's a scene where he's sitting with his mom in that branch where he went with his mom and she brings home a new boyfriend and he doesn't like him. So he tells him exactly when he's going to die. It's raining. You're going to crash off a cliff. You're going to die. You know, and I was like, I like that moment because I'm like, if a kid had that power, how would he abuse it? And, you know, and in that moment where he's trying to turn off this boyfriend of his mom, uh, he would do that. And I just was like, that would have been a good movie. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it is a, it, it's a film where like, it wants to kind of get you lost in the, in, in the, the multiple universes of who Nemo, nobody is. What's and his name? One more time. That name. Nemo, nobody. Fucking piece of shit. <laughs> but it's, it's like it, I I I get where the I get where um wh- whoever this guy was uh Jaco van uh, Dormil was was I mean I get like he's trying to tell this like super you know heady story but it's it's sci-fi and it, he's trying to ground it in some realism. Yeah, so like, we get to Mars, right? So let's not pretend that we we don't have more to talk about here, because there's this whole spaceship sequence where he's like f- cryogenically frozen, suspended, and anim- but he's just sure. going to Mars, and it only takes six months, right? 
like usually in sci-fi, like cryogenically freezing someone is for like, you know, several years or whatever. But fine, whatever. Cryogenically frozen six months because he has to spread the ashes of one of his several wives all over Elise. Mars. Right, Elise, because she wants yeah. to be on Mars for no damn reason other than that he brought it up at prom one time. <laughs> right? So they're at prom. And she, it's a callback. And she's like, I don't like you. I like Darren or whatever his name is. And he's like, yeah, but Mars. And he drops some Mars facts on her. And then she turns around with no other conversation to just like promise me you'll spread my ashes on Mars. And he's like, fuck, yeah, I will. And then they get married. What the hell happened here? And then we get to Mars later on in the movie. And he's, he's like got a Mars golf cart. Three, yeah, he's on the Mars golf cart. No joke. <laughs> and he's got these three things in his head and he's dumping ashes everywhere and then shit. And he's okay. got no he's got no spacesuit on either. You don't need him. Right. You don't need him. Movies. <laughs> so it's like, you know, in when I read the the term uh, thinking man's big oh! button. I was like, you know what? I haven't seen Benjamin Button in a long time. And that might be on the list now, but I, I don't remember it being this convo fucking looted. No, well, uh, that's why it's a thinking man's one, because we <laughs> don't know how to structure a story, so what we do is we just make it insane. There's a movie that comes up that's when you click Mr. Nobody and says, you may also like, and there's a movie called Coherence, because they figure after you watch this, you want some shit that's coherent. But I imagine coherence isn't coherent. Um, yeah, it's it's not it's is so towards the end of the film, Nemo and and I I do like some of the ways the the film tries to uh, tune the the viewer in that hey things are going into multiple universes like the train tracks. Um, oh yeah, get to see train tracks over and over. Yeah, but the, but it's a, it's an it's an interesting choice to symbolize. Okay, hey, we're we're blurring universes here, or we're going in a separate direction here. Um, I get that. I I can I can support the decision of the the visual. What I don't understand is like Nemo's fascination with his mother in every single like every single universe that he lives with his different love interests. He's he's got he's got his mother and like he tries to go see her in one 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 of the universe. I forget which one it was. And she's got like this down syndrome child and they wrestle to the ground of the apartment and I'm like what the fuck is happening? And I didn't understand. I didn't understand like the the decision to have Nemo fight with this down syndrome person. Um and then, like, and then his his mother is like, "I don't know you. Get out of my office. Call the police. I don't know you." And he's like, "Mom, it's me. It's me, Nemo." Oh yeah, and- what was that? <laughs> that whole sequence. <laughs> I just I'm just understand now remembering it. it. Yeah, it just out <laughs> I- of nowhere. <laughs> I didn't. I- sucks. And you know what it is? Is they threw that shit in there, and then, like I said, some guy on some forum. Oh, well, it connects to this because what you got to understand is it's a thinking man's film. <laughs> Lick my balls. 
I just I I don't understand some of the decisions that are made. Other decisions I'm I'm okay with. I'm okay. I'm okay with the telling of this person's story across multiple universes and multiple possibilities. Um yeah, I think it could have been a cool I think the premise is not a bad idea. I think right. there are just some really bad choices. And I think one of them and I actually don't mind this where they kind of add in a lot of quantum physics and there's several scenes where I guess in one reality Nemo nobody does like these science lectures on video and so it cuts to a lot of these and it discusses the big bang and the world is ever expanding but at some point it's going to stop expanding and then go backwards and at that time that he's speculating and that you know time may go in reverse and that's kind of the plot here is that Mr. Nobody ends up being the oldest man ever and he makes it to the point where the universe starts to go back in on itself and it goes backwards, which doesn't play any point in the plot other than just to have him in old man makeup, I think. But I I don't mind the quantum physics part, but the story doesn't benefit from it. If anything, it gets bogged down by the two things, right? So a lot of this movie is a, a personal tale about one person and their various choices and specifically with his love life. And then they put quantum physics and cram that in there. And then you've got the old guy, nobody and the tattooed guy. And then the weird newscaster with a spike in his head. It just starts to get bloated at that point. And when the film is already purposefully incoherent to bloat it down, just really is a, not a great idea. Yeah, and that it it does every single thread in 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 Nemo's life or in Nemo's lives gets gets bogged down in some ridiculous aspect, and I'm just like, I don't need all this. I can I can just tend to Nemo and his 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 love story is because that's the central that's the his his relationship with his mother. And the decision that he makes to either go with his father and everything that he regrets from doing that. And then the decision, the love interest decision that he makes are the central aspects of the film. And so tell the story based off of those things. Don't, don't, I don't give a fuck about Nemo nobody being 118 years old. I don't give a fuck. Who cares? Yeah, that whole thing really sucked. Yeah, really, all the stuff with him being old is garbage. And listen, I know you like him. And largely, he's fine in this film. But the old man shit was garbage in every way. I, and it needs to go think, in the bin. Well, I think... Yeah. I, the, there's moments, literally, in the old man suit that his voice starts to creep into the Joker. His Joker. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Where he does his yeah, <laughs> laugh. It hits that same tone that he did in Suicide Squad. Now, I I mean no, it, it, his the the old man voice wasn't great. Yeah. Um, I thought I thought the I thought the makeup was okay. Eh, he looked like uh, an um, overcooked hot dog, <laughs> and you know it's true. He did not. No, I, I I'm gonna hard disagree. I thought the old man makeup looked like butt. I I don't I mean it's, it's yeah, I mean it was fine it was two thousand nine on and thick and it's fine they look old as shit but, 
but it's like, you know, so we're talking, so, you know, Jared Leto's got a lot of shit going on in 2009. I mean. Oh, I don't care. I mean, he's got a. What's he up to? He's he's got he, I'm, his Suck, band is his band is making it big. Stinking up the cinema well. is what he's doing. Uh, I mean, I don't think this movie did anything. No, like oh, I let's listen. Let me tell you because I uh, I looked at the numbers, man, and it's <laughs> hilarious. Okay, so the movie a budget forty seven million, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. You want to guess the opening weekend number? Uh, less than two million. Yes. Oh, okay. Do you want one point five? One point five million. No. <laughs> Here's a hint. Lower? Okay. One point six. One point six thousand. One point six thousand. <laughs> a week's pay for a lot of Americans. It made opening weekend U.S. and Canada. Overall, U.S. and Canada. You want to guess? Uh, overall, let's go three million. No. Okay. Less than one million. Yes. Okay. Uh, eight hundred fifty thousand. Lower. Oh God, six hundred fifty thousand. Three point six thousand. <laughs> three point six thousand. Now, overall gross worldwide, three million five five nine. Whatever. Forty-seven million dollars. So that was the worldwide was three point something. Three point five billion. Oh, Put that in context. Super Mario is approaching a billion currently, and it might be by the time this comes out at a billion. Sure. Anyway, I mean, what's the inflation rate there? Oh, so I don't know. Two thousand two thousand nine inflated to today's. Oh, rate. what was sixteen twelve? <laughs> 16, what did he say? 16, 12, 9, yeah, 2009 in 2023 money. Money. Inflation calculator. Uh, oh, no, that's 2040. That's 1940. That's not right. I was like, no, it's not 1940. <laughs> what did he say? 2009. Calculate. Uh, $2,267. Listen, I know you're trying to help your boy out, but the shit was a bomb. <laughs> and, like, I don't think that this movie, although um, the effects in this movie, well, not terrible, terrible. $1.6,000, Mark. <laughs> when you scroll down, I had to double check. I No. I, I, no. I, I just, I, I don't think... So the movie, you know, um, uh, a French filmmaker uh, made for, you know, uh, American audiences while also trying to play the 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 film festival circuit, blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, it's not good, but it's not no. terrible. It, I, I did. I did. I didn't. I didn't hate it. I hated how long it was. Yes. Um, so that's the other thing. <laughs> so we talked about how bloated it is with the the theoretical physics and the future stuff, and and you admit too that that was probably the worst parts of the movie when he's yeah, in the it's future. Dumb. It's, yeah, it's care. really bad. And he's supposed to be like the super wise old man, but he's just a cranky codger, which is probably realistic. But <laughs> I this oh, and so here's the thing too. I was looking for the movie, 
And I ended up watching it on Magnolia, whatever streaming service, because I did the free trial. Yeah. Did you cancel already? Oh, yes. I canceled immediately. (laughs) Because if they're carrying this film, they don't have anything else of interest for me. So uh, there were two cuts. And there's a cut on a free ad-supported streaming service that was the extended cut. It's like 18 more minutes. Did you watch it? Hell no. (laughs) Hell no. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. This movie's the butts. And no, it's not the worst movie. And there are several that we've seen that are worse, but boy, not many. I just, I think that it it just is it tries to do to be something that it ultimately not it's it's not that movie and i think if it is stuck to telling the love story um across you know have serving the central purpose of okay he's in love with his mother and that's fine this is mom um and what it's not fine I mean, you if you love me. your mom, but to right. be in love with your mom. Well, okay. All right. Let me rephrase. That isn't fine. I mean, let's <laughs> get down with his sister at several points. I mean, you Step. you never told your you never told your mother you wanted to marry her. Nope, not that I recall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna marry you, mom. Uh, <laughs> 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 who does that? Piece of um, shit movie. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I just I just think that like if it is stuck to like kind of more of a central plot of hey, all of our our actions have a an equal and opposite reaction and, and just spun spun the story off of off of the love decision. You know, the hey, do I who do I want to spend the rest of my life with? And then made the movie around that. I think it would have been a better told story. Um, it may not have been as visually as 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 appealing as this is, even though it's not even really that visually appealing. There, now there there are moments where like sometimes, and again, none of this shit makes sense, but where like some of the sets are like really colorful and it's like a toys and stuff and and really kind of interesting to look at there are moments and then there's a a world that he goes to where everyone wears plaid for some reason what is that life how far in the future is that (laughs) or is he dead already and he's just dreaming some shit we don't know that's 30 seconds to mars world okay is it Um, because because he's got the emo haircut in that world yeah okay Um, that makes sense it's a music if you watch if you're right if you watch any 30 seconds to mars music videos from the 2000s that's his haircut um. Anyways, so I just really, think, go yeah. ahead. Oh no, no, no I was no. going to rag on the budget a little bit more because I think no. we need to we need to bank on this because let's look at Donnie Darko, right? Okay. Equally shit, in my opinion. Okay. Budget That's of fine. six million. Okay. No, the Mr. Reason, nobody was forty-seven. Yeah, the only reason the 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 budget is bloated here. Is because, like, I mean, we're in we're in early CGI ass days. fudge effects is why because they decided to cram all this future horse shit in yeah, here. Right. I don't know right. how much money Jared Leto wanted, but it can't be that much. Probably wasn't. Yeah, probably not that much. Yeah, but anyway, six million opening weekend grossed one hundred and ten thousand. All right, already blowing the doors off of them. 
Yeah. Uh, one point five million in the U.S., seven million worldwide. So you know, just to put that in perspective. Yeah, I mean it wasn't good. Yeah, I mean it's it's. I mean, it, I can't believe how badly it flopped. It's insane. Nobody went to see it. Nobody People went to see trailers. Mr. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> People saw trailers and said, just like you, Mark, when you looked it up <laughs> as a Jared Leto fan, you said, no thanks. And back in 2009, <laughs> when people were going to the theaters, this trailer came on and they said, fuck, no, no way. It's it's not. So, like, what was Jared Leto's previous film before this? Um, I want to say, uh, let me pull it up here. It was, I mean, I don't think it was. Um, the uh, chapter 27? Lonely Hearts. The next year, he does or the, his next film is like four years later for Dallas Buyers Club. But you know he'd already done smaller roles. He's done Requiem at that point. Um, Fight so Club. So it's, in, it's in. interesting that his his role after this was Dallas Buyers Club, which got him an Oscar. Um, and he's not. A, I mean, I, I don't. Jared Leto, the actor, is. Is actually really good, I think. Um, I just think he has a trouble with with his selection of roles, uh, and like you know, he he takes the role of the Joker. I mean, no one in the right mind, no no actor in the right mind is going to turn down the role of the Joker. Um, iconic villain, you have the chance to uh, be a be a legend. it up. Look like well, but that that, that I don't think that's that's a that's not a, that's those are creative choices taken by yeah uh, David Dave, David Ayer you know director. Um, it's not Jared Leto's fault that 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 movie was shit. Um, but at the same time, you know I understand why he's taking the roles that he's taking after you know after that you know Dallas Buyers Club. Have you seen that movie? Hell no! Are you out of your mind? That's a that's a good fucking film. Um uh, and you know him and Matthew McConaughey deliver like tour de force performances of like just troubled fucking people and like I it's, don't want to watch that but like but the I mean like the performances are like legitimately great and I just think that like. Jared Leto, the actor, gets kind of bogged down in. Hey, I'm gonna take a. I'm gonna take a chance. Um, like, uh, what was the other movie we watched of his recently? Um, Gucci. It's it's a me. It's a oh, yeah, it's a pasta. Yeah. <laughs> right, House of Gucci. Um, I think he he legitimately took a took a like a, a a roll of the dice and said, "Hey, let me see if I can have fun while also delivering a a oh. good quote unquote performance." Yeah. And like you know, he's in a fat suit, and you know, he's oh no, I thought we were talking makeup. about Joker. Yeah, that's actually I like him in that movie. Right, I I do too, um, and I think I think he goes into roles thinking, "How can I challenge myself?" to portray this character on screen. And I like that. I like I like an actor that that takes um like oddball roles and is, does does different things with it and it's like out of their wheelhouse. You know what and I like I think, about this movie? Yeah. All the times that Jared Leto gets murdered in it. He dies so many he die, times. He dies he dies a lot. <laughs> 
But that's also a point in the film. It's like every single time he dies, a new universe is born. And so, like, you know, it's constantly being split off into these, like, into the great beyond of of what's going to happen. Okay, I'm going to die. I'm not going to die. I'm going to die. I'm not going to die. And, like, everything boils back to, like, he should be able to tell his future, and so he should be able to tell that he was going to die right. at a certain that's point. Right, that's the other thing is, like, there's a, a sequence where he decides he's going to, and now why he just doesn't use a regular coin, I don't know. <laughs> he carves yes and no into a coin, where you could easily just say heads or tails. You don't have to waste your time doing this, but it's fine. Right. But he uses it in the stool. He stands on a train tracks with the train coming to run him over. And then he lets the coin decide if he lives or dies. And it, you know, and then he goes into a hotel room and he flips the coin. If you could see the future, which he can't, but he thinks he can maybe, but he also seems to be accurate at times. It's this whole subplot that's nothing. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. They actively even go against it, it feels like. And he has this thing where he goes into like some mobster's room and gets shot and killed or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> that, like, that doesn't even matter to the the entire plot of the film. Right. It's, it didn't need to be here at all. And, and like that, it, it, it's it's I guess it had something to say about fate and the randomness of life and but I think the movie was already kind of doing that. We didn't need yeah. it. Like, I right. think what the movie is trying to say in a lot of ways is that there's a lot of regret you can have in life by the choices you make and the wondering of what if. And in this guy's life, no matter what, it all turns out to be shit, which is like the most pretentious directors and writers they love to do, right? It's their favorite thing. Everything yeah. sucks. I'm looking at you, Aronofsky. Oh, everything sucks. <laughs> Look how deep I am. And that's where this ends up for this guy. Well, in that in and the the character of of Nemo nobody. Yeah. Is stupid. Is I mean, it's pretentious from the start. And so like, you know, the story has to kind of revolve around these pretentious esque characters. You know, one of them is a, a, a fucking um, like nuclear scientist or whatever he fucking is. That's not pretentious. Science isn't pretentious. I mean, it can be. Hey, right, it can he, be. When Jared Leto does it, it is. <laughs> but like he's, you know, he's, um, he's, he, I guess, like doing things in front of a camera and like there's words on the screen that is explaining what he's saying and. And, like, I'm like, why do I need this? I don't you need don't. this. Here's the short answer. Right. And so that that pretentiousness of the character and the choice that uh, Dormel or whatever the guy's name is that directed this film chose to, like, kind of highlight in this film, it's just like, man, I, I, I don't understand why, one, this movie didn't need to be that long, and two... Like we didn't need to go to these random places, Mars and Mars. future future oh, one hundred eighteen year old There's uh, been so much nobody. time on Mars in a movie about relationship. Okay, yeah, it's just, it's. Let me listen, let me before we before we get to our thing, let me read you two positive reviews. Check this okay. out. These are on Rotten Tomatoes. These are like the top two reviews. The first one is Michael O'Sullivan from the Washington Post. Never mind this 
quote, never mind that several characters seem to gain and lose their British accents throughout the course of the film. The lack of continuity only enhances the sense of deliciously dizzying disequilibrium. Thanks a lot. Pretentious. That's in quote. My bad. Sorry. (laughs) Deliciously dizzying disequilibrium. Okay, buddy. We're impressed. Now this other one. As philosophy, again, these are positive reviews. As philosophy, Mr. Nobody seems sillier than it is profound. But in a parallel reality, more movies would have this degree of insane ambition. Uh, yeah, you know, okay. That's like a, not quite a Mark backhanded compliment. His sting more. <laughs> but it's like no, I, you, are, you have to jump through mental hoops to try to say this is good. It's weird. I. And I what you like I'm not gonna get it twisted. It's the film the movie's not good. Um I think the performances here hold hold it up higher than it should be. Um you know, I think I think Jared Leto's performances uh performance as Nemo Nobody is is fine. Uh I don't think he I mean, he doesn't phone anything in. He he's very uh, believable in every single aspect of the film. It's just like the film doesn't serve him a purpose and doesn't serve his character a purpose in most of the film. And so it's like, uh, I don't really care. I don't really care what happens to you. Um, and by the end of the film, we're just like, okay, so he, he's, he's not dead. He's going backwards in life. He's actually Benjamin Button. This movie is the butts. Okay. <laughs> It's bad. I, I like it tried really hard though. I'll give them that. They tried. But you so, know it's not always meant to be. So you don't recommend this one? No, definitely not. This is a total pass. Okay. I don't I don't either I don't recommend this one. It's not uh it's not something I would throw on. It's not something I would recommend. I will say uh, after the previous week. I do feel like it gave us more to talk about. I didn't feel as bored talking about it. No. Like, we were talking about everything all everywhere all at once. I kind of, at some point in my brain, I checked out. I was like, all right, I, I don't want to talk about this anymore. But this movie at least gave us something to talk about. So that way, it's Thank good. you? Okay. That's me practicing a backhanded compliment. <laughs> well, anyways, um, what, what are we watching next week? Hell yeah. All right. Hell yeah. A movie I know is great. Possibly the best superhero film ever made. Whoa. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse from 2018. You got to watch it now. Sequel comes out soon. Oh, that's right. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, I'm excited for that. You uh, can watch it on Jeff.com, Mark. Oh. Because I own this bad boy. I love this movie. Nice. Okay. Good, 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 good. Um. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna talk some Spider Verse uh, next week. Uh, but in the meantime, if you want to get at the podcast on Twitter, you can find us at Movie Draft House, where you can throw us uh, uh, suggestions for themes for the month, or uh, maybe you like some music that you don't think anybody's heard and you want to he- uh, have everybody hear them. Uh, you can throw us suggestions for that as well. Um, if you want to follow Jeff on Twitter, I don't know why you would, but I if you want either. to. Uh, you can uh, catch him at Podcast by Jeff, where you can lay down the 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 rule of the land, where if you don't come with a new director once every other 
tweet. What are you talking about? I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I was, I was trying to make a reference to your chronologically, but yeah, it's I don't, fine. Why would I switch different? I don't know. Directors like mid-season. That's fine. You should do that, actually, though. No, that's awful. <laughs> no. <laughs> you get midway through fucking Shamalama Ding Dong, and and then all of a sudden it's, oh, we're in Nolan. I don't know. It'd at least give us something to talk about. Yeah. Fuck Anyways. Him. I'm not watching Christopher Nolan movies. He sucks. Anyway. <laughs> what? Yeah. Piece of shit. This movie is trying to be Tenet, and Tenet already sucked. We didn't need a worse one. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that's right. Be Podcast by Jeff. If you want to get in touch with Mark and, I don't know, shit, cyberstalk him, whatever, okay. at I Heard You Liked on Twitter. Yeah, it's it's fine. Cyberstalk me. DDS. The um, dent- he's a dentist that wants to be stalked. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I want to give another shout out to uh, the the musical choice this month. Uh, Rustin Kelly with his song Michael Keaton, as you heard at the top of the pod. Um, he's multiplicitying uh, all over your timelines and uh, ears with his song. Hey, multiplicity. We got multiple universes, Mark. I told you. I, you I, did I t- it. Right. Oh, I my so. gosh. I didn't even... Sorry. I thought, like, go back I'm to week one. I'm not a thinking man, so these things can't. <laughs> it takes a bit. It takes a bit. <laughs> Anyways, um, Jeff, what, what, you need words of wisdom. Uh, sometimes people call me Mr. Craft. C R A F T. Can't remember a fucking thing. I don't know why you think I've got the answers. You must have been. On the plane Cause now you try to take my words for ransom You must not be used to Not getting your way It's 3.35 in the morning And I thought CBD would not get me high But here I am
The sun is coming up here and I'm feeling Like a bird out of a cage